Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Woo! Hey, everybody, good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody today. Uh, thank you for joining us here in person. And uh, as always, thank you for tuning in and joining us online. I am Pastor Chris. Um, hey, uh, one other announcement I just want to make everybody aware of. You might have noticed the little display as you came into our auditorium. So we have a kind of a little oceanic display out there with all these little uh, orca whales uh, on, the, uh, on the kiosk. And what these whales represent is kind of a, instead of a Christmas wish list, uh, this is an orca, I don't know what you want to call it anyway, but um, so each one of these orcas, each one of these whales on the back of them, um, it is a, um, an item for Oakland Elementary School, for the teachers and classrooms um, across the street, the, the elementary school across the street. And uh, we have been developing an unbelievably awesome relationship uh, with the school across the street and uh, serving and loving there for uh, 17 years now. And uh, one of the fun things we do every year is try to help meet some of the classroom needs over there. And so pick up an orca, look on the back, there, there's an item there, uh, and it's, it's really simple things like Sharpies and cardstock and scissors and things like that. And then there's a fishbowl uh, with some orcas in there that have a little bit bigger items. Uh, but on the back, there's a tag number. And so all you need to do literally is write the tag number down uh, on the sheet of paper right there on the display uh, so that we know who's got the item. And then bring those items back uh, to the church by the end of the month. And then uh, in February, we're going to be blessing uh, the teachers and the classrooms over there. It's just a lot of fun, and uh, we, um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful relationship that we have over there. So I am believing and trusting that after today, all of the orcas will be gone, and uh, you'll bring that stuff back by the end of the month. So today, uh, we are, as Scott said, we're in week two of this series called The Word, and uh, we're talking about all things that to do with the Bible, and uh, we're challenging our church uh, to read through the Bible this year together. Uh, in fact, right now we have over 200 people committed to do that, which is exciting. And uh, last week, uh, we kind of laid the foundation for this series as we kind of talked about, uh, answer, try to answer the question as to why you should read the Bible uh, in the first place. I mean, is it a worthwhile thing to do? And we talked about how the Bible is unique, how it's accurate, and how it's also inspired. And so today, what we're going to do is just go a little bit further and uh, kind of personalize this for you a little bit. You know, what are some of the benefits for you, you know, for reading and studying the Bible? What's in it for you? Uh, last week, um, I mentioned, you know, having one of those big family Bibles, and I talked about how Janet and I, you know, somebody gave one of, one of those to us uh, when we were uh, first married, and uh, I heard a funny story about a family Bible. So this little boy uh, opens their big family Bible, and uh, he's just fascinated, and, um, you know, he's kind of fingering through these old pages and the, the old pictures, and suddenly, uh, something falls out of the Bible, and he picks up the object, and he looks at it, and now what he saw literally was an old leaf, you know, an old leaf, just an old leaf that had been pressed, you know, between the pages like people do, and uh, he's like, mommy, mommy, you know, look what I found. And his mom's like, well, son, what do, you, what do you have there? And with astonishment, much like that, in his voice, um, astonishment in his voice, the young boy answered, I, I think, I, I think it's Adam's underwear. So um, anyway, 
I don't know that's any good. I'm just kind of lame, but there you go. Um, hey, having the right equipment, I think you'd probably agree with this statement, having the right equipment is often the difference between success and failure in life, right? You know, how many of you have ever tried to screw in a, a screw with a butter knife or something, right? Yeah, I, I know I have. Um, so you want the right tools and the right equipment, right, for the right situation. Now, I've noticed over the years that professionals in uh, different fields, they are very, very picky about their tools and uh, their equipment. Think about it, whether it's a, you know, a surgeon, uh, a contractor. Man, those guys are very picky about their, their tools. Uh, musicians, athletes, uh, or e- even like somebody like a mountain climber, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to try to climb a mountain with inferior equipment. It's too dangerous. Well, guess what? Sometimes life is pretty dangerous. It is. And the good news is that God has left us with an instruction manual uh, that we can go to for help. The right equipment, the right tools. In fact, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 uh, says this. We're going to come back to this passage a lot uh, during this series. Listen to it again. It says, all scripture, the Bible, God's word, it is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So really quickly, first of all this morning, I want to talk about some of the benefits of just reading the Bible, okay? Some benefits of reading the Bible. If you're taking notes, number one, I can read the Bible to help me know God, to help me know God. 2 Timothy 3, 15, the verse right before that passage is, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. By the way, let me stop there just for a second. That right there should, should um, give you a great reason why you shouldn't be encouraging your children, you should be bringing your children to coastal kids and to student ministry. Right here. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Listen, God gave us the Bible, his word, to help us know him. Now, sure, there are a lot of things about God that we can observe and and figure out uh, in nature, in in, in the environment. I mean, you notice that, you know, he's powerful. He's creative. He likes variety. He's organized. In fact, do me a favor. Turn to the person next to you. Just look him in the eye and say, God obviously has a sense of humor. Go ahead and do that right now. God has a sense of humor. So you can see all of that, right, in nature. But most of what we know about God, most of what we know about God, we know because he chose to reveal himself through his word, the Bible. Number two, to teach me the truth. To teach me the truth. In this age of truth decay, who are you going to trust? I mean, seriously, who are you going to trust? Politicians, advertisers, the media, 2 Samuel 7, 8 says, For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are what? What's the the next word? Your words are truth. Truth. And you have promised these good things to your servant. So in other words, when God says it, you know, he's not putting you on. It's not, you know, some changing current fad. It is an eternal truth that you can bank on. Number three, to show us how to live. 
to show us how to live. Maybe you might remember the old series of books that came out years ago uh, called Life's Little Instruction Book. It was kind of a cool little series. It, had, uh, it was filled with quotes from a lot of different famous people from different walks of life, and it was great. Well, the Bible is God's big instruction book. And the difference is this. You know, books like that, you know, Life's Little Instructions book, you know, that, that's man's opinion. That's man's thoughts. But the Bible is what God's, God says. It's what God says works. Psalm 119, 19 from the Living Bible says, I am but a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map. And your commands are my chart and guide. Number four, um, I need the Bible to give me spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. Listen, whatever God asks you to do, he always gives you the power to do it. Whatever he calls you to do, whatever he asks you to do, he gives you the strength and the power to do it. And we find some of that power in the spiritual truth of his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now, Many people know, you know, that the Bible is good for them, but I'm not sure they know how to get a lot out of it. And I think we need to be taught how to use it. And so today, I just want to give you an overview of how to use the Bible in your life. And then each week, I hope what you're discovering is that we're just going, you know, a little bit further, a little bit deeper in how to actually use the Bible in our everyday life. So first of all, number one, you use it to get knowledge, Use it to get knowledge. Now, when I'm talking about Bible knowledge, I'm talking about knowing what God has done in the past. So at this level, basically you're learning you know, the stories of the Bible, the people of the Bible, the truth, the facts, the events of the Bible. You're learning content, what the Bible's all about. Now, by the way, this is a very, this is a entry level, but it's very, very important. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Now, even though today, in 2022, there is more access to the Bible than ever before, both the written word, the digital word, more access. Basically, in general, we're still a pretty biblically illiterate people. People just don't know what's in it. Uh, one survey discovered that 62% of Americans thought the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, was found in the Bible. That's not the Bible, that's, that's Ben Franklin. H half of all America couldn't name where Jesus was born. One third think there is a book of Thomas in the Bible. Another study revealed that people think Sodom and Gomorrah were lovers. Uh, that Jesus was baptized by Moses, and that uh, the Gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. Uh, that the epistles were the wives of the apostles. Okay, so, you know, we, we laugh at some of that. But seriously, I wonder how much of the Bible we know. I mean, if I were to say today, you know, ask you, how many of you believe in the Ten Commandments? You know, for the most part, I bet most of you would raise your hands. But if I, if I were to ask, how many of you can name all ten? You know, how many of you believe that what Jesus said uh, in the Beatitudes, the eight Beatitudes is a pathway toward, toward blessing and happiness? I mean, you probably agree with that, but how many of you could name them? We just did a series uh, uh, this past fall on the fruit of the Spirit. Can you name all nine? 
So this goal right here, this level, is simply to learn the word of God. To learn the word of God. Mark 12, 24, Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. And and you don't know the power of God. So how do you learn the word of God? It's simple, guys. Guess what? By reading it. By reading it. I mean, if, if I were to ask, how many of you believe the Bible from cover to cover? Um, you know, again, many of you would probably raise your hand. But if I said, how many of you, you know, again, how many of you have read it from cover to cover? You know, again, I know people, I know people who claim to be believers who are more faithful to, you know, a television show, you know, or social media than they are to God's word. Now, we're trying to do something about that this year here at Coastal. We are. And again, we're challenging everyone to, hey, let's read through the Bible together. But, and this is important, Bible knowledge is great, but it's just a starting point, and it's really not enough. You know, it's just the first level, because if all you do is get Bible knowledge, it's possible that something dangerous can happen in your life. You can become full of pride, become a Pharisee, and become a Bible braggart. Ever met a Bible braggart? I mean, they love to go around, just bulldoze people, you know, with their their Bible knowledge. Well, let me tell you, Jesus had some pretty harsh words to say for the people in his day who knew the facts, who had all the information in their head, but they didn't live it out. You see, it's not enough to, to have knowledge of the Bible. You've got to go further. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Number two, use the Bible to gain perspective. Perspective. Now, perspective is seeing from God's point of view, seeing life from God's point of view. In knowledge, you know what God did in the Bible, but now in perspective, you begin to understand why he did it, you know, the reasons behind it. You begin to get, you know, the big picture. Now, would you agree that God has a much bigger perspective on life than you do? Absolutely, right? Now, the good news is that he wants to share that with you. Now, it's kind of like you know, driving up in the mountains and going around the you know, twisty curves. In fact, uh, next week, my wife and I are heading up to Knoxville to see my daughter, and you know, we're going to go on up Interstate 40 and all those twisty curves and turns. Now, you're, you're driving up there, and you're thinking to yourself, man, if I could just see around the corner, right? You know, I, I could maybe pass this slow car. Now, let's say that a helicopter flies by and he calls me on my cell phone. He says, hey, Chris, I can see two miles ahead. It is absolutely clear. It is okay for you to pass. Perspective. So God has a bigger perspective on life than you do. And he wants to share it with you. Now, if you don't get God's perspective, I can sum up your life in uh, basically one word, frustration, frustration, because you're constantly, you know, asking questions like this, why is this happening to me? What's the purpose behind all this? You see, those answers are discovered in perspective. Now, the goal of perspective is that 
You begin to understand the mind of God. You begin to you know, learn to think like God does. Psalm 103.7 says, He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Now notice there, uh, the people of Israel saw his deeds. Think about some of the deeds they saw. The Red Sea opened, manna, miracles. They saw the acts of God. But God made known his ways, it says, to Moses. His perspective. See, when you get God's perspective, when you begin to see life from his point of view, your frustration level decreases, your worry decreases. So you get knowledge by reading the word. How do you get perspective? By studying the word. By studying the word. Now again, again, each week we're kind of going a little bit further. In just a couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Scott, one of our pastors, is going to bring the message and basically talk about how do you study God's word. But just for a moment, really quickly, let's talk about it. What's the basic difference between just reading the Bible and then studying the Bible? It's all about asking and answering the right questions. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the basis of it. You, you ask the right questions, you write down your answers, and then you share it and you discuss it with other people. You, you dig into those, those questions, you find the answers, and then you, you share it with others. Now, here at Coastal, one of the best ways to do that is through one of our small groups called life groups. You get into a life group and you begin to see life from God's perspective. Because you're, you're looking at God's word, you're applying it to your life, you're answering some questions, you're, share, you're digging into it, you're sharing that with other people. So you get knowledge from reading the word, you get perspective from studying the word. Number three, you use the Bible to develop conviction. Convictions. Now, convictions are beliefs that shape your behavior. Uh, a conviction is something that I believe very, very strongly. It determines the way I act. Now, I'm not talking about an opinion, okay? Everybody's got an opinion. An opinion is something maybe you'll discuss, you'll argue about, but a conviction you'll give your life toward. You might even die for. Now, the people who have made the greatest impact in this world we're not the smartest or the wealthiest. The people who have made the greatest impact, think about this, the people who have really made the greatest impact in this world for good or for bad were those who had the deepest convictions. And I think that what we need today more than anything else are people with a biblical worldview who have deep convictions and know what they believe. You know, because we're living in an age today where every value is up for grabs. It really is. I mean, just believe whatever you want to believe. In fact, every time I hear somebody say, there are no absolutes, I always respond, respond by saying, are you absolutely sure? You know? I mean, anytime you have somebody who will say, hey, I think this is right, or this is okay, or this is wrong, or it's okay to do this, no matter what anybody else says, you ought to ask this follow-up question. Who says... Like, who set you up as an authority? You know, public opinion, is that your authority? I mean, this really is a foundational issue. Who is going to be the authority in your life? God or someone else? I mean, is it even possible to know right 
from wrong in this day of anything goes? Is it possible to know good from evil? I think it is. There are some things that are absolutely right and some things that are absolutely wrong. How do you discover that? Through God's word. Hebrews 5.14, listen to this. But solid food is for the mature, who by what? Constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now his point is that it is possible to discern good from evil, right from wrong. How do you do that? You train yourself by constant use of solid food, the Bible, God's Word. By the way, they don't teach uh, treasury agents how to recognize counterfeit money uh, by giving them counterfeit bills. They give them the real thing. And they know it, they study it, you know, backwards and forwards, over and over again, so that when the counterfeit comes along, they can easily recognize it. Let me tell you something. You don't have to know every crazy new thing that this world all of a sudden decides that it's going to believe. You just have to know the truth. So that when the falsehood comes along, you can see that it obviously does not square up. The goal here is that you will share the values of God. The values of God. Deuteronomy 5.29, Oh, that they had such a heart as this always, to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and their descendants forever. Man, that they would have such a heart like this, that they would revere God and do what he says. You get the heart of God by by developing convictions. Again, first you know the word. Then you begin to understand it. Then then as you believe it, it develops convictions in your life where you can then build your life on a strong, firm foundation. So how do you do that? How do you develop conviction? You get conviction by meditating on the word. I could also use another uh, M word there. Meditating and memorizing the word. So, you know, for a lot of people, though, I think meditation, uh, they associate with just kind of a, you know, new age, mystical, kind of a scary thing. Listen, meditation simply means that you think about something. You mull it over, over and over and over again. Raise your hand this morning if you think you know how to worry. Do you, do you know how to worry? Raise your hand. Come on, we all know how to worry, right? Guess what? If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. You know, when you ta- think about it, when you take a negative thought and you think it over and over and then you're over in your mind, what's that? That's worry. Now, you take a verse of scripture and you think about it and you start memorizing it and you go over in your mind over and over and over again. That's meditation. When, when you meditate on, on scripture, you begin to get God's heart. You start feeling the same way he does about things. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Man, that's quite a promise, isn't it? 
You want to be prosperous and successful? God says the path toward that is very simple. Meditate on God's word and do what it says. Number four, use it to sharpen my skills. Use it to sharpen my skills. Ecclesiastes 10.10, if the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Now, there are certain things that you just have to know how to do in life if you're going to be successful. For example, if you're gonna be successful in life, you gotta know how to get along with people, right? That's a, that's a basic life skill. You gotta know how to manage your money, you gotta know how to manage your time, uh, you, you need to know how to make wise decisions. Those are all basic life skills. Now, fortunately for us, every skill you need for life is found in God's word. This is an intensely practical book. It not only tells us what to do, it tells us how to do it. So the goal is that you will begin to do the will of God. You'll do the will of God. God wants us to be doers of the word, to put his word into practice. James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. You know, after every message you hear here on, you know, on Sunday mornings here at Coastal, after every you know, sermon, after every you know, small group, after every Bible study, after every video you watch on Right Now Media, after all the, the information that you put into your, your head, you ought to ask yourself this. What am I gonna do as a result of what I've just heard? Because the Bible says if you don't do that, you're just fooling yourself. Now here's the problem. We already know far, far more than we're doing. And you see this with a, with a lot of Christians today. We develop this false sense of security that because we have heard something, because we have taken a class on something, because we've been to a seminar or a conference, that we've learned it. Listen, you haven't learned it until you start doing it. So, how do I develop these skills? By practicing God's word. In fact, this next uh, verse was your reading this morning. If, you're, if you started on January 1st in your one-year Bible, this was the passage uh, from the New Testament. By the way, let me make a little quick recommendation. I know sometimes if you're reading through the one-year Bible, because it has Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb, if you're reading it all at one sitting, sometimes you really gotta do a mental shift, don't you, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I might possibly recommend that maybe you, know, you read the Old Testament in the morning, the New Testament in the evening, or vice versa. That might, might be helpful for you. So anyway, Matthew 7, 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The bottom line is you've got to put it into action. Now let's all admit that's hard. It's a whole lot easier to listen to the word than it is to do what it says. So you know the word. You begin to understand it. Then you believe it and you do it, which leads to this, this fifth level of maturity. Number five, use it to build my character. Use it to build my character. This is the, the deepest level Listen, the Bible was not given simply to increase your knowledge. The Bible was given to point you to Jesus and to change your life, to transform you. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, 
we will speak the truth in love. Now listen to this. Growing in every way more and more like who? Like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That's the bottom line. That's the goal. That's where we're headed, to become more and more like Jesus. If you're not becoming more like Jesus, you've missed the whole point. You know, you learn the content, you get perspective, you start developing beliefs and convictions, and then you do something about it. And as you do all those things together, man, the Holy Spirit begins to change your character, to transform your life, and you become more and more like Jesus. Again, what or who is going to be the authority in your life? I mean, everybody's got to have a final authority. You know, kind of like a, a Supreme Court, if you will, by which you are going to base your decisions. What or who is going to be the final authority in your life? Pop your opinion. Everybody's doing it. Everybody accepts it, so therefore, that's the way I'll go. Let me tell you something. That's not a very good authority. Tradition. We've always done it this way. Sometimes the way in which we do things is wrong. You see, when it, when it comes down to it, you've got a choice to make. You will either build your life on what the world says, or you will build your life on what the Word of God says. What God's word says you ought to do with your life. You know, or what everybody else says. Or you can do this, by the way. Here's the other choice. You can just set yourself up as the final authority. You know, I'm the boss, applesauce, my way or the highway. I'll do whatever I want. You know, I'm, I'm the authority. You know what that's called? That's called playing God. And one day you will stand before him and, and try to explain why you did that. Now, if you decide that what God has said in his word is your authority for life, then you gotta get serious about the Bible. You do. So let's get really practical. Here's the, here's the thing that you can you know, answer that question. What am I gonna do as a result of what I've heard today? So I wanna challenge you to make two commitments with your life today. Start reading the Bible and join a life group. Start reading the Bible and join a life group. Start reading your Bible every day. Now some of you, again, you're already at that entry level. Many of you are not. You know, join us, you know, in reading through the Bible this year. So what you didn't get started on January 1st? You know, big deal, guess what? Your year can start today. Your year begins now. You know, go to youversion.com, begin a daily reading plan. Let me tell you something, the devil will give you all kinds of excuses. Don't listen to him. But then there's a second part of that commitment that I'm asking you to make. Join a life group and, excuse me, read the Bible. Start reading the Bible this year. And then number two, secondly, join a life group. Join a life group this semester where you can begin just to, to learn more about God's word and God's will for your life and apply it to your life. Not just reading it, but, but studying it, talking about it, digging into it, and discussing it with other people so that you can apply it to your life. Listen, if, 
if you do not have time to read your Bible and to join a life group, you are too busy. And that's a problem. You're just too busy. You know, you make time in your life for whatever is really important, what you value. If you'll cut out three 30-minute television shows a week, you know, one afternoon of, uh, you know, looking through TikTok videos, you know, that's more than enough time for one life group meeting. Don't you think that would be a great trade-off? I mean, if the Bible really has the answers to making life easier, don't you think you could commit at least to an hour and a half a week to sit down with a group of other people and talking about the Bible? So I challenge you to do that. In this new year, read the Bible and join a life group. In fact, in just two weeks, okay, not next week, the 16th, but the 23rd, January the 23rd, our 2022 Winter Spring Life Group Catalog is going to be available. With, with all the information on all the different groups, uh, Pastor Scott tells me we, we're probably going to have like 30 groups more groups than we've ever had before. So this catalog will have all the studies, the locations, the information about them, just like you, know, you would pick out classes for college, all the leaders, everything. And then, I'm really excited about this, the following Sunday, so we'll give you the catalog on the 23rd, and then the following Sunday, January the 30th, is going to be Life Group Sunday here at Coastal. And for those of you who are somewhat new to Coastal, or maybe you haven't experienced a Life Group Sunday in the last like year or so because of construction and COVID, uh, Life Group Sunday uh, is where we basically transform our campus into something like uh, a job fair or a college fair. Uh, there are going to be tables everywhere. And at those tables, each one of those tables will represent uh, a Life Group. And so they're going to be decorated. In fact, there's a little bit of, you know, some uh, healthy competition between uh, the group leaders. But they're going to be decorated. You can meet the group leaders. You can ask questions. There's going to be great food and snacks and all. And you get to vote, by the way. We'll have a little ballot box. This is the only time of the year where you can judge other people here at Coastal, okay? You can judge the groups and the group, le uh, the group tables, you know, who, who had the best snacks, who had the best sales pitch, all those, all those kinds of things. But most importantly... Starting the 23rd and the 30th, again, here's what I'm asking. Make a commitment and join a group. And by the way, life groups aren't for life, okay? They're not. It's just a semester. Uh, we run our groups kind of like school. There's a fall semester, spring semester. This coming semester starts like mid-February, lasts for like 10 to 12 weeks, depending on the group, and they usually uh, come to an end somewhere around like Mother's Day, like mid-May, and then we gear up for the summer and uh, a lot of exciting things over the summer. Let me just get real frank with you. This is not going to be PC from PC, okay? It's not. not. Not politically correct at all. These two commitments, reading the Bible, joining a life group, they're not really commitments. They're not. When you think about it, it's just convenience. That's all it is. Read your Bible. Fellowship with other people. What do you value? But what are you willing to do? Now, that's between you and God. But if you want to commit to these two practical applications about God's word, let me know about the first one on your Connect card. I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And then let me know about the second one when you sign up for a group 
starting the 23rd and the 30th of January. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you. I thank you for your word. God, it is uh, the roadmap, our guide, our chart for life. It points us to Jesus. It, re- it reveals to us that, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. As we're reading through the Old Testament, just the, the, the mess of people's lives, I am reminded about the mess in my own life, that I am a sinner in need of a sacrifice to pay for my sin. And the good news is that one has been provided. His name is Jesus. And I thank you that your word written to us points us to him and lays out that plan of salvation. But not just the plan of salvation, but the plan of life. How to do life and how it makes sense, how it works. So God, it's my prayer that your people here at Coastal, that we'll begin to read it, study it, meditate on it, put it into practice, develop convictions and become more and more like Jesus. And listen, if you're here today and you know in your heart what the Bible says is true, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, listen, seriously, one has been provided for you. God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that if you would believe in him, if you put your faith and your trust in him, you will not perish, you will not die, and you will have eternal life. You will just transition from this life on into the next and spend eternity with God forever in heaven. And and while you wait in the meantime, you will become more and more like he sees you as today you put your faith in him. Perfect in Christ. Just say, I believe. I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son, God. I believe that he went to the cross for me. I believe that he rose again, and I believe that he is alive. And today I ask him to be my savior, my Lord. And I put my hope and trust in him and him alone. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.